Welcome to episode 181 of SwiftCast. This is Nate, Ashley, Adam, and Steph. And I just want to point out that, okay, sure, it's episode 181, uh, but overall, if you count up all of our episodes, all our special edition episodes, or like mini episodes and things, this is technically episode 200 for us. I can't believe it. That's pretty awesome because this is our last episode of the year. So what a way to end the year. That's what I'm saying. I can't think of a better way to do it. And so to top it off, uh, because this is our last episode of the year, uh, for our listeners who are looking to tune in to our show again next year, our next episode is going to come out on January 11th. Uh, every year we take a couple weeks um, at the end of the year just to, you know, enjoy the holidays with our family, with our friends, um, so that you guys can also. And of course, so that we have a ton of Taylor news to talk about whenever we uh, start up the show again. So we're looking forward to it. January 11th, we hope that you guys tune in. And the way the holidays fell this year, that was also a factor because they actually fell on days when we usually record. Sundays. Yep, that's right. Yeah, Christmas and New Year's, both on a Sunday. As for this episode, uh, we are going to be talking about all kinds of good stuff. As tradition for the last episode of the year, we always talk about Taylor's year, basically. Everything that happened this year, I mean, and... Man, they're really, I mean, for an off year, there really was still quite a lot of stuff that happened. So we're excited. Uh, we're going to basically jump right into it. So uh, we're going to kick it off with some of Taylor's older tweets. Our very first one comes all the way back from December 25th of 2008. Taylor said, I watch Love Actually every Christmas. Aw, I actually watched that today because it's on Netflix. You actually watch that? <laughs> I actually watch Love Actually, yeah. And it always reminds me of Taylor because I know how much she loves that movie. And it also is, in my opinion, so close to Valentine's Day. They're just so similar in a lot of ways. So then it makes me want to watch Valentine's Day and listen to Today Was a Fairy Tale and Jump Them Fall. <laughs> Our next tweet is from New Year's Eve in 2008, and Taylor wrote, I most likely have frostbite. That was fun. And I really don't remember back this far, but I think, was she in New York for New Year's Eve? Yeah, she was on Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve that year for one of the first times, if not the first time, and she sang Teardrops, and she also sang Love Story. Wow, I feel like I actually forgot about that. I know, me too. It's been eight years now. I think I'm gonna have to go find those YouTube videos and check them out. Yeah, me too. I clearly remember after Rev was released, she performed on New Year's Eve that year in 2012. And then after 1989 was released, she performed again in 2014. And then last year, she was there, kind of, I guess, in spirit, because Out of the Woods was played. But unfortunately, this year, I don't think she's going to be around. Maybe next year. Well, the following year, on December 30th, 2009, Taylor tweeted, Listening to my brother try to convince my mom to let him set the Christmas tree on fire in the backyard. He's making a good case so far. <laughs> that is really funny. I don't remember that one. Yeah, I don't either. I'm 
sure that Christmases there this year are just as chaotic. Yeah, Austin's always doing something, whether it's with a drone or trying to set things on fire. (laughs) So our next one comes from New Year's Eve of 2009, uh, and Taylor tweeted, When I make mixed CDs, I label them according to my mood. Tonight said happy. Thanks for this year. Smiley face. I'd like to know what was on, what are on any of Taylor's mix CDs, really. I know. I wonder if she still makes them or if she only has playlists on her iPod now. Either way, I always want to know what she's listening to. On December 22nd of 2011, Taylor posted a photo on Instagram and said, I get sort of crafty when I wrap gifts. Like, I had to stop when I found myself hot gluing Christmas figurines onto the presents. (laughs) (laughs) Our next tweet is from December 24th, Christmas Eve, 2011. Taylor wrote, I'm also counting this as another beautiful Christmas gift. Thank you for making Safe and Sound the number one song on iTunes. And it was a picture of Safe and Sound at number one on her phone on iTunes. Well, our next one is also from that same day, December 24th, 2011. Taylor was having a great day. She tweeted, wait, wait, wait. I just noticed my page has 10 million followers now. That's crazy. What a lovely Christmas present. And just to put things in perspective a little bit, today in 2016, Taylor currently has 82.4 million followers. Oh my god. I remember when she hit that 10 million. I remember when she hit like 6 million and it was a big deal. That's so insane. Yeah, I think she's definitely one of the most followed people on Twitter, if not the most. Well, this next one is uh, one of my personal favorites of Taylor's. December 26, 2012, Taylor tweets, I shouldn't read into the fact that my family got me a new Scrabble board, in parentheses, the one that swivels, and cat treats for Christmas, right? Am I 85? Wow, I can't believe that was four years ago. I remember in 2014 when she was traveling abroad, she was taking a Scrabble board with her. So I I bet it was that one. Did she really? That's funny. <laughs> yeah, it was right around either right before or after 1989 was released, and she was actually carrying the Scrabble board through the airport. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Yeah, I always love the tweets that uh, remind us that Taylor is actually a very old. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say old. I was gonna say old woman, but old soul might be a different, uh, a better way to put it. Hmm. Quilts, Scrabble, cat treats. All right. <laughs> and the next one is from December thirty first, two thousand twelve. Taylor tweeted. So excited to be in New York playing on official New Year's Eve. It all starts on 8 p.m. Eastern on ABC. Can't even verbalize how stoked I am for 2013. And of course, 2013 was the Red Tour, so that's probably what she was so excited about. Now we're going to move into 2013, just like Ashley said. And a couple days before Christmas on December 23rd, she posted on Instagram a video and the caption on it was Christmas 1993 on a very important phone call with Brittany. And this is her friend Brittany Mack. And it's a video of Taylor talking on the phone 
and she's just saying a, a couple things to Brittany, and it's pretty funny. I feel like that was the first time I realized who Brittany was. Because we always heard about Abigail, but I I never really heard about Brittany that I remembered until then. And we'll get into this a little bit later, but this year was very exciting for Brittany and Taylor. The next day, on December 24th of 2013, Taylor tweeted, Matching Christmas onesies is a thing that's happening right now. And she posted a photo of her with Austin, and they were wearing matching Christmas onesies. It's really cute. Plaid. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Well, the next one comes from New Year's Eve of 2013, and Taylor tweets, Happy New Year from two high school BFFs, a look at 2008 versus 2014. And Taylor tweeted a picture to go along with this. Um, that is basically Taylor and Abigail looking at each other with, you know, their heads resting in their palms, looking at each other. And they recreated the 2008 picture in 2014. That was really cute. Our next one is also from that same day. Taylor posted Ringing in 2014, and she tagged Sarah Highland, and it was a very cute picture of them. Well, now we're going to move to Christmas Eve, December 24th, 2014. Taylor wrote, My dad just gave me 10 lint rollers for Christmas. Not for lint, but because you always have glitter all over you. Great start, Swifts. Well, it may have been a great start. But two days later, on December 26th, Taylor gave a shout-out about her mom's gift. And she tweeted, Not that giving Christmas presents is a competition, but this year, my mom won. And this was a photo of the cat carriers that Taylor's mom got for Olivia and Meredith, with their names on the side of them, for Dr. Meredith Gray and Detective Olivia Benson. Our next one is from New Year's Eve of 2014, and Taylor tweeted, I can't thank you enough for making 1989 the best-selling album of 2014. In all caps, now let's go celebrate. See you on ABC at official New Year's Rockin' Eve tonight. That's sad to think that she can't send out a tweet this year saying, thanks for the best-selling album of 2016. <laughs> that is sad. Don't remind me of that. <laughs> Maybe for 2017 we'll get that. That could be. And we have yet another tweet from that New Year's Eve. Taylor posted, Hi 2015. And it was a really cool photo of her performing on New Year's Rock and Eve. Yeah, I like that photo. It, her arms are raised to the air and there's confetti falling down. And it ended up being pretty representative of the 1989 World Tour, I would say. With the outfit and then the confetti coming down at the end. And her next tweet kind of went viral it was very popular on the internet when she tweeted it and it was from december 24th 2015 and it was a picture of her in an elf costume and the caption simply read you used to call me on my elf phone this is one of my favorite tweets i gotta say i think ever 2015 i loved all the drake parodies that were coming out i think this was great yeah that was a great tweet it seemed kind of viral yeah, it was trending on Facebook for like, I don't know, like two or three days, like straight. Yeah, we'll see what she does this year. But our last tweet is from last year on December 22nd of 2015. 
and Taylor tweeted, I can't wait to show you the video for Out of the Woods. And below that, she included 13 trees in typical Taylor fashion. And then she wrote, it's premiering December 31st on New Year's Rockin' Eve with Ryan Seacrest. So kind of like Adam said, it's it's sad we're not going to have anything like that this year. But we'll see what happens next year. And speaking of the Out of the Woods music video, um, that kind of brings us into our main discussion for the episode. Um, every year, we always try to look at Taylor's year, everything that happened, um, everything that she did, all the main events, um, our thoughts about it, um, your guys' thoughts about it. I'm just going to kind of jump right into basically the, the start of Taylor's year, which, like we said, New Year's Eve, uh, Out of the Woods music video. Pretty awesome way to start off the new year, I have to say. Yeah, the I remember I didn't do anything on New Year's Eve because I wanted to watch the video. So I just stayed inside. It was great. Joseph Kahn just doesn't disappoint. Yeah, he really doesn't. I remember when there were some paparazzi photos of Taylor in New Zealand and everybody kind of figured out that she was filming a music video there. Uh, and the, the visuals in that video were just unbelievable. Yeah, really, just to think about the amount of time it took him to do that, I can't even imagine. Yeah, the video really beautifully done. I mean, uh, the CGI, I mean, just the, the landscapes, I don't know, I really loved it. I think it was one of her most underrated music videos that she's ever had. Yeah, I wonder if that had something to do with it being one of the last music videos, but I don't know. Yeah, I think Nate is right about it being underrated because, you know, we've talked about before and you always hear about how many views Shake It Off has gotten on YouTube or Bad Blood. And Out of the Woods actually has just over 100 million views, which obviously is a ton. But compared to some of the other videos, it's way, way less. So I agree. It's definitely underrated. Yeah, that is. Actually, speaking of that, Blank Space is close to hitting 2 billion views. So over the holiday break, you should just keep refreshing that video. (laughs) Just get that number up there. But if you compare that to, like Adam said, Out of the Woods, wow. I think it's also interesting to think that uh, it may not have been the majority of people's favorite song or music video or whatever, uh, but it is, as all of us know, Taylor's favorite song from the album, the one that really she thought tied 1989 together so i think it's interesting you know how how much she really like enjoyed and invested this, in this song but uh it it didn't deliver as expected i guess yeah it still did well on the radio but not as well as i thought it should have done oh absolutely yeah i mean honestly i think i only heard it on the radio twice three times like that was it my local radio station just like stopped playing it for whatever reason yeah it's odd When Taylor decided to release it as a promotional single before the album was actually dropped, she did say she thought that song was the most representative song of 1989. Well, speaking of good things coming from 1989, uh, our next highlight from Taylor's year, obviously February, uh, the Grammys, big for Taylor. That was amazing. Taylor became the only female artist, solo female artist, to win album of the year twice and of course as we know she was the youngest to win album of the year back in 2010 with fearless and her speech was just spectacular without a doubt 
And we actually have a clip of that speech um, right here. So why don't you guys take a listen? I want to thank the fans for the last 10 years and the Recording Academy for giving us this unbelievable honor. I want to thank all of my collaborators that you see on this stage. Mostly, I want to thank um, my co-executive producer, Max Martin, who has deserved to be up here for 25 years. And as the first woman to win Album of the Year at the Grammys twice, I want to say to all the young women out there, there are going to be people along the way who will try to undercut your success or take credit for your accomplishments or your fame. But if you just focus on the work and you don't let those people sidetrack you, someday when you get where you're going, you'll look around and you will know that it was you and the people who love you who put you there. And that will be the greatest feeling in the world. Thank you for this moment. I think that speech will just live on forever as legendary. Pretty much, yeah. Legendary is a very good way to put that. <laughs> and she ended up winning three Grammys this year. Uh, in addition to that album of the year, she won Best Pop Vocal Album and Best Music Video. For Bad Blood. Aside from that, the ones that she didn't win, um, I thought it was pretty crazy that she had a total of seven nominations, I mean, for the Grammys. That's crazy. There's also Song of the Year for Blank Space, Record of the Year for Blank Space, Best Pop Solo Performance for Blank Space, and Best Pop Duo slash Group Performance uh, for Bad Blood. So, Well, and at that point, Blank Space was so old. It was, too, which is really surprising. Yeah, by Grammys of 2016, that song was released as the second official single back in November of 2014. And, of course, Taylor as a result of winning three Grammys this year, now has a total of 10. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. So to finish out her February, uh, Taylor had one more event to go to, and that was her childhood best friend, Brittany Mack's wedding. Uh, Taylor was the maid of honor in that wedding. And we got some really great pictures from it. Yeah, and we actually got to hear some of Taylor's speech, which I think all of Taylor's speeches just show why she's such a great songwriter, because she has such a way with words. Not only in her Grammy speech, but in this wedding speech, it was just amazing. And so we have a little clip of that for you right now. My favorite accomplishments of my entire life is that everything in my life has changed, except for me and Brittany. She was my partner in crime at Brownie's sleepaway camp. And she was my date to the Grammys. I and all of the rest of your friends are overjoyed for you because we know that the best parts of your love story are yet to come. Congratulations. Yeah, it was a great speech. And then after that, there wasn't too much happening for a little while until we got into April. And in April, it was a pretty busy month for Taylor. The Vogue magazine cover where she debuted her bleached hair came out. And that was crazy because, of course, we all thought this means a new album because the last time she changed her hair for the Vogue magazine was the introduction of the Red Era. And then we were all wondering pretty much for the whole month of April whether she only had her hair like that for this photo shoot or did she make it 
this a permanent change or what was going on because we didn't really see her out much in public. I think what's really interesting is years from now, when Taylor is going to be reflecting on that time in her life, I know it's going to be brought up in interviews at, at some point. It has to. Uh, what she would say about you know her bleached hair look and everything, I think that'll be interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, sometimes in interviews she talks about how she had, went through the fairy princess phase and wearing prom gown phase. Sundress and cowboy boots phase. Right. I wonder if she regards it as that as well. I don't know. I do know that when she talks about those other phases, she says she's glad she did those and they're part of who she was and who she is now. And then also in April, she attended the iHeart Radio Awards on April 3rd. And then just a couple days later, on April 6th, she debuted the New Romantics video. She cleaned up at the iHeart Awards. And didn't she tell us, wasn't that the award show where she told us that that would be her last award show for a while? And then everybody was freaking out. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. We were all very confused because we thought maybe the new hair meant a new album. But then she was saying she wasn't going to be on award shows for a while. So we didn't know what that meant. People really read into everything Taylor says, including us on SwiftCast. And that music video, New Romantics, that's one of my favorites ever. Yeah, it's always good to have a a tour music video to look back on. It really summarized the whole tour well, and it's great to go back and look at. I remember being surprised that she released a tour video uh, so late, basically, that it wasn't in tandem with 1989 Live on Apple Music. Right. I just remember being shocked that New Romantics was even a single, because we thought she was just done with the album. And then it was announced as a single in February. And I just remember looking on Twitter and thinking, oh, wow, I did not expect that. But I'm glad we got a tour video, too. Oh, me too. It's a tradition that Taylor can't break. And then the other thing that happened actually on April 1st was when the very first Apple Music ad featuring Taylor came out, which was the one where she fell off the treadmill. And then that was soon after, followed by a couple of other ads. and. Yeah, those were really great to see her on TV again. And this really had us going into overdrive because we really thought it would be leading into a new album. She was just more present, and I really thought that she was going to have her new album be promoted by Apple Music, and I thought it would be coming soon. I was wrong about a lot of things this year, though. As we all were. I mean, really. (laughs) (laughs) And then moving along in the year, on May 3rd, Taylor co-hosted and attended the Met Gala. And of course, she had her platinum blonde hair, and she wore that silvery metallic dress. And of course, everybody at the Met Gala dresses uh, extravagant and a little bit different. And her look was really, really interesting for that event. Yeah, I thought that it fit the theme well for this year. And it actually landed her on yet another cover of Vogue. Just a few months after her March issue, she was on again with her Met Gala outfit. It's interesting to see edgy Taylor from time to time. I don't know if you guys agree. Well, yeah, and I think we all thought this meant a new era, because then shortly after that, she went to the Coachella concerts, and everybody was really freaking out about that. 
And then after that, it was June, and she surprised everybody when she attended a fan's wedding. And she took a bunch of pictures with the bride and groom and a bunch of the people there. And we were all shocked by this because we know she likes to surprise fans and do things like this in the past. Uh, But to show up at their wedding, that's pretty cool. And to sing Blank Space, too, which is an unusual pick for a wedding. Right, I'm trying to remember if it had something to do with the couple. I think they may have requested it. I can't remember. Yeah, the couple requested it. I remember that. They did, yeah. They said that it was the song that they always dance with their mom to. Okay. I was just really surprised that she went to this wedding. It was great. And then, of course, Taylor has her annual 4th of July party at her house in Rhode Island, and that was no different this year. And it's always fun to see all the different pictures that she posts and her friends post from that party. They had a giant water slide, and it looks like the weather was perfect, and they posted all kinds of photos and videos, and it looks like it was an awesome party. Well, then in July, we had another big surprise. And that was, we learned that Taylor actually wrote This Is What You Came For, and she was featured as a singer on the song. And that was crazy. People were speculating about it, really, since the song came out, but it was never officially confirmed. Taylor wrote the song under a pseudonym, Niles Sodborg. (laughs) Which is an interesting choice of name, right? (laughs) I wonder how they came up with that. It was interesting, and it really made me think, has she been a ghostwriter for other songs? It was crazy. And I think the impact of this news was just also crazy. The song shot up again. It was already a big hit, but it just seemed to increase its popularity even more. Even the video was viewed exponentially more on YouTube. So it was a really big piece of news for the summer. Yeah, I I think that that was one of the most shocking moments of the year because I don't think anybody saw that coming, that she was a writer on that song, and that in addition to that, she also had some of the vocals because it was, of course, a Calvin Harris featuring Rihanna song, um, and I didn't think that they would ever do that, so I was very surprised. Actually, I remember we talked about it amongst ourselves in... You told us you thought that she was on the track. And I was, I think I thought, really? I don't know. Is that her? Can't really tell. But you were right. Because it happened weeks in advance of the news being actually announced. Somebody isolated it. But now that we know, it's so easy to hear. It's funny. Right. And if you go listen to the chorus, the the two different parts of the chorus do sound different. And, of course, after the fact, you can obviously tell. Um but yeah, they they sounded a little bit different, so it was Rihanna for the first part and Taylor for the second. Well, then in September, Taylor appeared at the Tommy Hilfiger show, which was where Gigi Hadid was showcasing her exclusive line with Tommy Hilfiger, and Taylor got rave reviews on her outfit for that event. And then, of course, the following month was a big month. It was Taylor's only concert of the year. She performed in Austin at the Formula One race car series in front of 80,000 people. And it was also her 10-year anniversary, which is really exciting. 
for me personally, October was my favorite month. Uh, of course, being at the concert was incredible. Seeing Taylor perform live, This Is What You Came For, uh, in a cheeky sort of piano fashion, I thought was amazing. Obviously, well, I don't know, obviously, but I'm pretty sure we're never going to see that again live. I don't know. But anyway, I love that. That concert was awesome. I feel really lucky to have been able to see Taylor, especially on an off year. We didn't know what she was going to be doing this year, so I'm glad she at least went out and had one show. So after that, um, that brings us into November, which was kicked off by the reveal that Taylor wrote for Little Big Town, uh, their song Better Man. And if you guys haven't seen anything about that yet, the lyrics, I mean, are amazing. Taylor written all over it. I mean, just a beautiful song, really. And of course, beautifully performed by Little Big Town as well. Yes, and we actually had a full episode on the song. And I think everybody was really surprised, too, by this news. This year has been full of surprises. Taylor loves to surprise us. And also, Taylor um, was at the CMAs in November, presenting something very big, Entertainer of the Year, uh, to Garth Brooks. And here's a clip of Taylor presenting the award to Garth Brooks. It's been almost 13 years since I came to Nashville with a dream of being a songwriter and a recording artist. And I learned so much about what it means to be an entertainer from the remarkable artists in this arena tonight. That's just one of the reasons why I feel so honored to present this next award to any one of these five outstanding nominees for Entertainer of the Year and be a part of this historic night that we'll all remember. These are the nominees. Garth Brooks. That was really cool to see because Taylor and Garth have both changed country music so much and had such an influence on the genre that to see Taylor present an award to Garth was really neat. And of course, after that, no better way to end the month than to talk about Taylor's Thanksgiving party um, that she hosted. Is in Rhode Island, she invited a bunch of people. And yeah, I mean, I'm jealous of those people. I wish I was there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? I just can't imagine. I know Taylor loves cooking. I mean, uh, I bet she had some type of baked goods or something of her own that, you know, were thrown in the mix. Yeah, that looked like a lot of fun, especially because the beach looked deserted and they took some really fun photos and they did the mannequin challenge which we had been waiting for i would be happy with just getting a recipe book of what they cook for thanksgiving oh that'd be amazing they could sell that (laughs) (laughs) and finally after thanksgiving that brings us to december of course and the biggest news of the month taylor and zane released a brand new single um out of nowhere i don't want to live forever to go along with 50 shades darker That was completely out of nowhere, like Nate said. This year was just, like I said earlier, completely full of surprises, and I think that's Taylor's modus operandi these days, so I think she's going to keep surprising us. Exactly. Even though it was an off year and she did not release any music on her own, she had those three different songs that she either co-wrote or sang in, and despite it being a quiet year... We still had uh, a lot of things to talk about. A crazy amount of things to talk about. I don't know. I was really expecting this to be just like a dead silent year. I don't know. I'm glad it wasn't, though. So that makes me even more excited for what 2017 has in store. 
Well, enough of what Taylor did this past year. Um, we decided to ask you guys via Twitter um, some questions to see where you guys stood on uh, Taylor's past year and, and maybe even some upcoming things that you had. Uh, so we took a bunch of polls, and the results are really interesting. Anyway, I'm just going to jump right into the first one. Um, we ended up asking you guys, which of Taylor's 2016 releases is your favorite? 17% of you said this is what you came for. 34% of you said Better Man, and 49% of you said I Don't Want to Live Forever. I don't know, what do you guys think? What was your favorite of these three? It's so hard to say, because they're so drastically different. That's right, they really are. I mean, you think about this EDM song, this like nice, beautiful country song, and then uh, this uh, interesting, like intense kind of pop song. And then also there's just kind of the fact that I Don't Want to Live Forever is really the only one where Taylor is singing on it. That's a good point, right? Right, I think that is what really influenced the results. Not only because it's the newest, but Taylor is prominently featured on the song. Unlike This Is What You Came For, where we really had to kind of dig deep to figure out she was on it. Well, I would categorize myself under the 34% for Better Man. Uh... The fact that Taylor is songwriting for, well, anyone really, I mean, but like just the fact that she'd be a songwriter, period, uh, for the people just really, I mean, is really exciting to me. I think that just opens up so many doors for her, for anything that could be to come. Yeah, I agree, because Taylor has always said that when she wants to be done being the star of the show, she would always want to be writing. And so while I hope she's not already planning to do that, and I don't right. think she is, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's good to know that she likely will do that in the future. I'm hoping when she's 55 or something, or 60. But I think that the three songs this year really just show how versatile Taylor is. She can write any genre. She can write with anybody or for anybody. So I think I would go with the 34% too and go with Better Man. I will say though, if Taylor were actually singing the song, I think I would like it even more. I love Little Big Town's take on the song and I think it's amazing. But when I hear the song, I just really want to hear Taylor singing it. She might still, who knows? I hope someday, even hope if it's just once. Yeah. How about you, Adam? I think as a song, regardless of if Taylor wrote it or is featured vocally in it, I'm going to have to go with the lowest percentage and say this is what you came for because uh, I, the song has grown on me as I've heard it more and more on the radio. At first, I didn't really care for it that much, but it has grown on me and I like it a lot more now. Yeah, I thought I remembered you didn't care for it that much at first. Right, mm-hmm. It does grow on you. I think it grew on me, too. And I get excited when I hear it on the radio. It grew on me after I learned that Taylor was on the track. <laughs> <laughs> so the next poll question that we asked, which I had a feeling what the results would be, but I still just wanted to see. We said, if you had a choice, which of Taylor's 2016 parties would you rather have been invited to? And the options were 4th of July, Halloween, and Thanksgiving. And not surprisingly, 73% said 4th of July, 19% said Thanksgiving, and only 8% said Halloween. Which, honestly, Taylor in a Deadpool costume, I thought it would have gotten more. 
Well, especially because that party was way more intimate. There were only a few of her friends there. I do have to agree with everybody who voted on this one, though. That 4th of July party just seems like it would be so much fun to be at. Oh, I'm totally with you right there. 4th of July, all the way. I would also go with the 4th of July, despite what I just said about Halloween being smaller. There's no way. You, you can't not pick the 4th of July. It's the best party of the year. <laughs> Although I will say Thanksgiving would have been cool because, as we talked about earlier, the food was probably amazing. The food. The food. Taylor probably sent everyone home with a lot of leftovers. Probably. You could sell those leftovers on eBay. <laughs> I would buy those. <laughs> Our next poll question was, which of Taylor's performances in Austin this year was your favorite? And the choices were New Romantics, Holy Ground, This Is What You Came For, and the We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together Bad Blood mashup. And it was a very close vote. Holy Ground got 39%, and This Is What You Came For got 34%. I don't know. That's such a coin flip for me between the two. I mean, Holy Ground was awesome. I hadn't seen that in years. And of course, you know, we, who knows? We might not see it again for years, if ever. But this is what you came for, being the very first performance. It being unbelievable, too, that, you know, she was actually performing it. I mean, really. I don't know. It's really cool to see. And again, that one we might never see again either. So I don't know. Between the two, it's too tough for me. It's too close to call for me personally. Well, Steph pointed out to me that I forgot to include Sparks Fly, which I actually would have voted for. Oh, Sparks Fly Piano. Oh, man. That was amazing. And also 22 was amazing. I know that 22 is just a single, but we had not heard it in so long. I didn't realize how much I missed it until she sang it. But I think if I had to pick, I would go with This Is What You Came For, I guess with the 34% of you. It's really tough, though. Because even only 13% of you voted for the We Are Never Ever and Bad Blood mashup, but that was so brilliant to me. I'm so mad at myself that I didn't record it because I didn't know what was happening. I don't think anyone saw that coming. That was tricky, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Our next question was, what your favorite Taylor Instagram post was for this year? And we had four choices. We had the mannequin challenge, the cat's shirts with Uzzies, the Halloween squad photo, and Taylor's happy birthday message to Carly. And overwhelmingly, you picked the mannequin challenge, 45%. And then second place was Taylor's birthday message to Carly at 26%. And then 20% selected the Halloween photos. But I'm with all of you on this one. I would go with the mannequin challenge. The mannequin challenge was just something we were waiting for forever, and then Taylor did it in such a fashion that it was like a mannequin challenge, but then it was a breakdown dance party, so it was really fun. Exactly. Most mannequin challenges are just the, you know, everybody being still, but then, of course, her and all of her friends um, started dancing and going crazy, and that made the video even way better than just the regular mannequin challenge. So even though you all picked the mannequin challenge, though... I will say the Halloween photo had a huge impact. It was crazy. The next day, my radio station was talking about it. It was all over the news because Taylor had secured the actual Deadpool costume. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, it was a really cool costume. I don't know how she'll top that. 
Well, I'm going to have to go with the minority here. Uh, my favorite one was Cat Shirts with Aziz. Aziz Ansari, he's my boy. I love Scrubs. I loved uh, Parks and Rec. Those are two of my favorite shows. So to see Taylor with Aziz Ansari would just, was really cool to me. I don't know. I was shocked personally when I saw it, that they were even in the same room together. That was at Lord's birthday party. So I wonder if Aziz knows Lord. He must somehow. I don't know. Or maybe the, these A-list people just kind of get together. I don't know how it works. Just magic. <laughs> like, <laughs> Her catcher was great. And then I found out, I think it was $2,000 or something. Oof. Yeah, that's crazy. I saw that too. So our next poll question was, which special event outfit of Taylor's was your favorite? And so the choices we gave... Uh, the majority of you voted 77% for the CMA's black and gold gown. Uh, 16% of you voted for the metallic Met Gala outfit. And 7% of you voted for the leopard print BMI awards outfit. And again, I'm so sorry. I feel like I failed us on these polls because I didn't even include the Grammy dress. Oh, man. Yeah, that was my favorite. I'd vote for the Grammy dress. Yeah, sorry. I'm throwing these three out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would, too. So maybe we can say Grammy dress wins the year, and then second best was CMAs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely go with the CMA dress with the choices we had. That was my favorite. I think it's just that the Grammys were so early in the year that it feels like it was last year. It actually does. This year was so crazy. There, even though Taylor was on a break, there was so much going on, and... And then it felt like she wasn't really at a lot of shows, so we just kind of forgot about the Grammys. But she looked fantastic at the Grammys. And so our next few questions sort of focused around things coming up for the future with Taylor and her music. We asked you guys, which song would you most want to hear at Taylor's upcoming February concert in Houston? And the choices I gave were I Don't Want to Live Forever, Better Man, All Too Well, and long live so i went with the two new ones and the two frequently requested fan songs i feel like and i don't want to live forever got 37 percent all too well was pretty close behind it 30 percent better man got 16 percent and long live got 17 percent so pretty split vote on that i can't believe better man was the last choice I know that it's a really sad and depressing song, but I would love to hear it live. Me too. And, in fact, I think I'll vote for it. Yeah, I would go with Better Man and then I Don't Want to Live Forever. Yeah, I'd go with I Don't Want to Live Forever because I think it would be interesting to see the dynamic on if she sang the entire song or if she had a special guest like Zane or if she had just the vocals from Zane playing during his part and she did her own part. So I'm curious to see when she performs that song, if she ever does, what it will be like. Yeah, that's a good question. I know that when Tim McGraw would perform Highway Don't Care, he had Taylor's vocals played at his concerts. Okay, cool. I'm going to pick All Too Well for this one. Uh, only because I fully 100% expect to see Taylor perform I Don't Want to Live Forever in Houston. I think she's just going to do it. I think it's going to happen. I mean, it's right before the movie comes out, so it would make a lot of sense. Yeah. So I'm not going to hedge my bets by saying that, so I'm just going to go with All Too Well, because I love that song. And who doesn't? <laughs> 
Our next question was, when do you think album six will be released? And the choices were at the show in Houston in February, sometime next summer, October of 2017, or never. <laughs> I think we can rule out never. I am shocked that 10% of people voted for never. Where are your guys' hearts? Come on. <laughs> These people are just in despair. We're oh, just man. <laughs> dying here. <laughs> Never ended up getting 10% of the vote, surprisingly, but the winner was October 2017 with 40%, but not too far behind were sometime next summer at 29% and at the show in Houston in February, 21%. I'm an October guy. I gotta say, Taylor's traditional. She's gonna do it October. I'm calling it now. I was thinking of something the other day that made me lean more towards spring or summer. And I know the Grammys don't mean everything, but if Taylor doesn't release the album until October 2017, it won't be eligible until the 2019 Grammy Awards. So that makes me think that she'll want to get albums considered for the 2018 Grammys, which means she'd have to release the album before the cutoff. So therefore sometime in the spring or summer. So that's my thought. I'm going to go with spring or summer. It's a really good thought. Grammys of 2019 are a long way off. But for me, I feel like I shouldn't really comment on this category. I've been so wrong about everything this year. I have a feeling I kind of want to say all of them, including never. All of them. (laughs) (laughs) Because part of me thinks, well, the Houston show is going to be huge because it's the Super Bowl and then the Grammys are the following week and she could release an album and it and sell tickets to a tour and go on tour that summer. But then I also think in February she might just want to be focused on the Fifty Shades movie and continuing to promote the I Don't Want to Live Forever song. So I see Adam's point about waiting until the summer, but... I would think more late summer because she probably wouldn't tour until summer of 2018. So I don't know. I really don't know. I feel like I shouldn't guess because I've been wrong about everything. Our next question was, which rumored collaboration are you most looking forward to hearing on Taylor's next album? And we had the options as Drake, Kesha, and someone else. And 56% was for Drake. 22% was for Kesha, and 22% was for someone else. A couple people tweeted us and said, Lord, who I was going to put in the poll, but then I felt like, was that really a rumored collaboration, or is that just what we want to happen? Yeah, I think that's just what we want to happen. The Drake and the Kesha ones were more based on articles reporting them being in the studio. Right. And Kesha Instagrammed that post that seemed to me like, a pretty big rumor sort of confirmation i don't know i'm excited for both i don't know whether if both of them happen if they'll be on taylor's album or maybe they'll be on drake and kesha's so that's what i'm excited to find out next year i'm in the other 22 percent. i'm repping my boy ed as i've done since red waiting oh, for yes. those collaborations to be released because they're on someone's phone somewhere And they're not on my iPod, so, I mean, come on. (laughs) Let's get them out. And I'll go with Drake, because I would be interested to see if it's a song like the remix she did with Kendrick Lamar, or the song that she did with B.O.B. And it's 
obviously a, a very different style than her normal. So whether it goes on her album or his album or somewhere else, we will see. Our next question is, what style of music do you want TS6 to be? Hmm. Uh, 45% of you overwhelmingly said pop, just like 1989. Uh, 28% of you said more of like a rock edge to TS6. Um, 18% of you wanted Taylor to go back to uh, a country style. And uh, 9% of you said other. Well, for me, I'm either with the pop or the more of a rock edge. I think I'm somewhere in between there, like a pop with a slight rock edge. I'm 100% with you. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Trouble or We Are Never during the 1989 tour. That was what I had in mind. Those are some of her best songs. It's like, geez. Just darker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was saying that on the last episode, just like a rock edge would be awesome to hear. Yeah, and I could see her being a little bit darker. 1989 was such, in my mind, a bright, colorful vibe to it. Yeah, I think I agree with you guys. I'm in between. And then our final question, just to wrap things up, we asked, which of Taylor's 2016 hairstyles was your favorite? And the options were short and choppy, which was like what she had at the Grammys, bleached, which she debuted in the spring, and then curly slash wavy like it is now, and overwhelmingly 73% like to the current hairstyle that she has now. And I agree. I'm with the majority. 100%. Easy one there, yeah. Me too. I've always said ever since, speak now. The curly hair, always. Me too. And she only did the curls a few times, but it was so nice. So we want to give a big thank you to everyone who participated in our Twitter polls. You really gave us something great to talk about for this episode. Um, And we wanted to remind you, uh, like we said at the beginning of this episode, that we are going to be on a break until January 11th. That is going to be our first episode of the year. Um, So since we're going to be on a break, uh, in the meantime, you can catch up on some of our biggest episodes of the year while you wait. Some of our favorites are the first one, Monday, February 8th, we released um, a special edition episode for the 1989 Tribute Concert in Nashville. We interviewed a ton of guests on that episode, got to go backstage, talk to everybody. That one was a great episode. Episode 150 was our third birthday call-in. We talked to you guys, the listeners, about all kinds of things. Uh, Episode 154 was a special episode. We had Jim Adkins of Jimmy Eat World on, Uh, had a fantastic interview with him, really worth checking out. Episode 164, we broke down some of Kim Kardashian's Snapchats when things got a little bit heated over the summer. Uh, Provided some great insight. Episode 167, we talked with Kevin from Gilmore Guys. Uh, And we know a lot of you are also fans of Gilmore Guys, so really, if you haven't listened to that one, check it out. Episode 175, we covered the Austin show, the only concert of Taylor's of 2016. So you can hear all about that. We were there. It was great. Uh, definitely check that one out if you haven't listened to it yet. And finally, episode 180 was Taylor's birthday, and we hosted another call-in episode and talked to you guys about all kinds of things um, about Taylor and her birthday and uh, basically what you guys are doing for Christmas. So It's been a fun year, and we're so glad that you have listened to us despite Taylor being on a break. Seriously, thank you guys so much. It's been an amazing year, you know, considering it's been as we expected, like, you know, a much more off year than really it has been. So just some reminders for you guys. Please press the subscribe button on iTunes and it will download the latest episode for you automatically. 
So we changed some of our contact information up for you. Uh, we would love to hear your guys' feedback about the show, whether you want to just email us, talk to us about something you heard in the show, submit for our mini-segments, um, anything really. You can find us on Twitter at SwiftCast13, on Tumblr, swiftcast13.tumblr.com. Our Instagram is instagram.com slash swiftcast13. Our Facebook, facebook.com slash swiftcast13. You can email us at swiftcast13show at gmail.com. And you can find all these things on our website at swiftcast13.com. So to finish out our episode for you, next year, what will Taylor do? What do you guys think? Dye her hair dark. Dark? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, We've been saying that forever, haven't we? But I really think so. I really do, because her hair now is so similar to 1989 era. I just don't see her going through a whole nother era with it. So you mean permanently and not just for, you know, like a small role or something like that in, in a film. That's what you're saying. Yeah. I, th- I think she's going to make it her new look. Oh man. If she does that, I will be convinced that there will be a new era coming. When was the last time she did that, by the way, dyed her hair dark, dark, well, her hair was dark in the Wildest Dreams music video. I don't know if that was just a wig, though. I have no idea. And it was also dark when she did The Giver, but same thing. It was probably a wig. Right. And then in Bad Blood, it was red. Mm-hmm. And, like, years ago. Do you guys remember that CSI episode where she did that? Yeah. Yeah, it was black. Yeah, I, I'm with Ashley. I definitely think it's something she kind of needs to do. She doesn't want a new arrow with the same hair that she's had since the beginning of 2014, which she did right after the red shows at the O2 Center in London. So I can see that. I will say that I think at some point in 2017, we'll have at least news of what's happening with the sixth album, if not the actual album. I think it will be a complete surprise. We'll have no idea. It will just happen. And hopefully tour dates will be announced. <gasps> You're stealing mine. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm just kind of rambling here. That's okay. No. My prediction next year, I think Taylor is going to announce an album six world tour. Just saying. <laughs> and when will it start? I think, okay, I don't think it's going to start next year. I think it's going to start the following year, 2018. Agreed. Because she's all about the stadiums. You have to do that in the summer, and there's no way she's doing that in 2017. And that takes so much planning for World Tour. Yeah. And my prediction is a pretty big prediction, but at the same time, it's pretty simple. And I will just say that Taylor Swift will have the best-selling album of 2017. I like it. I like that, yeah. And let's see, if I had to put a number on it, I would say, well, the numbers that we always talk about and the, the media talks about is first week sales, right? Right. So I will say it will be 1.4 million. That's high. I definitely think she'll beat 1989 sales. I would go maybe like 1.3 though. I don't know. I'm going to say a safe 5 million. (laughs) 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 Just shatter everything. (laughs) Well, something that you mentioned earlier that I just wanted to ask all of you real quick. Do you think Taylor will do any films? Do you think she'll be acting at all? We haven't seen her act in a while. I would say no. 
I think it's always going to be on the back burner for her, but I don't know. I don't know about next year. I'm just too excited about album to think about that. Yeah, if she, unless she was filming something that nobody knew about now during her off year or her off time, I have a feeling she'd be too busy to do something like that. Yeah. So from all of us at SwiftCast, we just want to thank you for listening to our show this year. It's been pretty crazy. We are so excited that we're wrapping up another year with you guys. Next year, uh, we are definitely going to be covering Taylor Swift Now, I Don't Want to Live Forever, at the very least, you know, and whatever else Taylor has to surprise us with over the holidays. So uh, it's going to be pretty exciting. Like we said, January 11th is going to be our first episode of the year, so please tune in. And we haven't really had a chance to do a full song discussion since I Don't Want to Live Forever came out, so we're excited to actually focus an episode on that song when we come back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and definitely tell us your thoughts about the song, and we will talk about it. Well, as always, thank you guys. Um, Everyone listening, enjoy your holidays. Have a happy new year. We can't wait to see you in 2017. Thanks, guys. Happy holidays. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. See ya. Later. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management.